It's Reefer Madness, the podcast with Trevor and Kirk. Kirk, we're back. Hey, Trevor, the, the pharmacist. <laughs> I am Trevor Shufelt, the pharmacist. You are Kirk Nyquist, the nurse. I'm the nurse, yeah. And uh, right now we're in our separate homes zooming at each other, but a cool part of this interview coming up is you got into the studio. Yes. First time since February I got into the studio and um, I was listening to the uh, listening to the tape or the, the, the podcast this morning and boy my my mouth sounds muffled it definitely yeah no, it, you definitely can hear that so tell everybody why despite being in a professional studio you were sounding a little muffled well, COVID man COVID <clears throat> so our, our producer Renee had basically polished everything down and social distance and we're in the studio all wearing masks and and keeping our hands on our thighs and like I can't talk with my hands it was very difficult and yeah I got to I got to uh, interview Eric Green Greening uh, local businessman, uh, young guy going after the craft market. Yeah, so uh, his company is called Green Craft Cannabis, and like you said, it is right in our area. It's in called the rural municipality of Dauphin, so just a little bit outside of town. Uh, you guys had a great conversation. Um, he started doing with uh, medical cannabis with an ACMPR, then to a CTLS for cannabis tracking and licensing system, the rec side. He took years of paperwork, literal years of paperwork to get where he's going. Um, I thought it gave a nice insight into what it is required to be a micro producer. Yeah, yeah, and that that's the story, right? Um, finding people to talk to us and how it fits into uh, Reefer Medness, the podcast, uh, Reefer Mellow, uh, Reefer Medicine, and reefer madness and and talking to a small town business guy as as a nurse it gives me insight to how the how the business works of cannabis and here we have a a, a local guy obviously used to grow his own for medicinal purposes i guess i, I heard that on uh, off camera and uh, he got into seeing the business plan of course he couldn't afford the the big the big ask that the uh, the big guys could do uh, when the government legalized it back in 2018, um, but now there's a second call for licenses and uh, for for growers and he's coming in and I guess what I've learned through this is the government is now putting out the second call for smaller what they're calling smaller micro micro producers and you and Eric get into it more uh, but. What I caught from that, the big difference, I'm sure there's many, but sort of the, to call yourself a micro producer, your square footage has to be small. And the, the number I saw was 2,150 square feet of canopy space. So that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of the big difference between a standard and a micro producing license. Yes, I guess. And, and, and I guess it's, it's, it's interesting because we do have the conversation defining what a craft cannabis grow up uh, operation would be and and i guess that's the thing i mean we're just we're just as a as a society getting used to craft uh craft liquors craft whiskeys gins beers i mean we've had craft beers probably now i guess 25 years uh spinnakers the first brew pub in canada spinnakers was 1980 i think so i mean craft beer is is obviously you know 
Molson's Canadian Labatt's both have their craft branches. So, but a, a true beer lover wouldn't necessarily call a craft beer produced by Molson's Canadian craft, right? Yeah, and, and we'll let Eric talk about that a little more, but yeah, when, when you're listening to this, uh, pay attention to the fact, the part I found interesting is actually similar to beer, there isn't really a good definition of what's craft, you know. What between two guys talking, right? Yeah. I mean, so, and, and it's a new industry. So if you grow hydroponics, if you grow soil, if you grow sunshine, if you grow in a greenhouse, if you grow in a, you know, humanity sealed building, if you grow in your garage, <laughs> what's, what's craft cannabis? And, and, and I think you and I talked about this in a past, um, past episode uh, that one of my hopes is to gather uh, another series of craft growers. And I guess this is an opportunity to start this series with a local business. Um, uh, Parkland, Manitoba, center of the continent. We're going to have a small grow operation and it's going to be unique cannabis. So we're going to have just down the block um, well, the, the, the quarter section, um, figuring out what, what our local craft cannabis will be like. And maybe when COVID leaves us, we'll be able to travel the Trans-Canada Highway going to different craft operations and testing craft cannabis across the country, like we do now with wine, uh, beer, meads, you know, whiskeys, gin. So, what a, what a tourist up! What a what a motivation to retire. <laughs> Kirk's perfect retirement plan. But how about we'll let yeah. <laughs> how about let's let uh, you you and uh, Eric have a chat, and we'll come back at the end. Perfect. It's Reefer Madness, the podcast. I have a craft grower in the studio. Please introduce yourself. Thanks for having me, Kirk. Yeah, my name is Eric Greening. Um, from Dauphin here, born and raised, and I am running Green Craft Cannabis, a craft grower of high-quality cannabis setting up here in the RM and Dauphin. Oh, this is wonderful. We're, we're, we're bringing a, a local story back, and this is, this is one of the things I'm excited about. So, Eric, so what's it take to be a craft grower in Canada right now? What does it take? A lot of work, I'll, I'll uh, say that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not an easy process. Um, my, my journey began back in 2018, actually, was my first application to Health Canada for uh, production of cannabis. That was under a medicinal uh, cultivation permit only, Back then, legalization hadn't occurred, so therefore Health Canada wasn't recognizing the recreational market yet. Um, so I'm sorry, when was that? What, what that was 2018 was when the first application, that was through the ACMPR's Access to Cannabis for Medical Purposes. So that was to grow s- strictly for med- medical production. For yourself? No, for... for Yourself and others? For others, yes, okay. not for myself, yeah, for, for the medical market that okay. was the only legal cannabis market in Canada at that time. Uh, knowing legalization was coming up later that year, it was scheduled to be on tap. Um, kind of was gearing towards that the whole way through, if you want to say. Um, legalization occurred and revisions had to be made to include uh, recreational sales, uh, cultivation for recreational sales as well. So that was then under this CTLS, which is the Cannabis Tracking and Licensing System. So there were some kind of some changes, um, revisions were made, and as of last summer, I was approved to go ahead and construct my facility. That's great. So, so yeah. you started you started with an application with Health Canada yeah. for medicinal cannabis, correct? And you knew you knew the, 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 that the recreational was coming. 
So did they did Health Canada put you through a whole new application process, or were you allowed to just add an addendum? I I wish it was just an addendum. No, it was it was pretty much redo your whole application. Yeah, right. they they had a it went online, which kind of made a lot more sense. The ACMPR was a paper based type thing, if you want to say. Uh, CTLS went online, and it also includes or has responsibilities included of the year from the federal and provincial governments as well as Health Canada. So, and this is all pre-COVID, yeah. Yes, yes, definitely yeah. pre-COVID, yes. <laughs> okay, so where were you at pre-COVID? Where were you at the application process at that point? Uh, when COVID hit, it, everything was ready to go. Um, this, I guess this later winter when everything hit was uh, just preparing to start construction in the spring type thing, and it, it did slow things down a bit. It definitely did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm going to really break this down to the minutia. So there was the paperwork to do. So when yeah. you say everything was ready to go... Yeah. What was ready to go? Like, did you, did you have your, your building built? Or what's, what, is that, what did you mean by everything's ready to go? Everything's ready to go as in I'm, I have been, if you want to say pre-approved, or Health Canada has conducted an in-depth um, study on all of my, all my paperwork and all my applications. Your business plan. My business plan. Okay. Um, everything from your uh, quality assurance reports, your security reports. So at that time, everything was handed into Health Canada, and they said, okay, this is acceptable you can now build your facility. Okay, so this is all before you've even put a shovel to the ground. Correct, yes. Yeah. So how long was that process? <laughs> well, that was about a year and a half. <laughs> a year and a half. Was, yeah. Like I said, the way it worked out with the ACMPR, I was right about ready to be approved to go then. Um, then the CTLs came in, so that was another few months of changing. And, you know, Health, Health Canada is doing a great job. I'm not going to complain about that. It's a lot of work. It's highly regulated, but they are making sure that everybody's safe. They're doing a good job. So pre-COVID, you were ready to dig dirt. Yeah. So where are you at now? That's that. Let's say pre-COVID was, what, March? Yeah. Okay. So where are you at now? Finally digging dirt. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, you, you broke ground. We finally dug dirt. Yeah, you bet. Site's all cleared and construction has started. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's finally moving ahead. Fantastic. Yeah. So what is your vision? What is it that you hope to create? Well, I, I believe cannabis should be produced in a small craft setting. Um, not the way the industrial guys are doing it. It's just, it's, it's not proper. It's not, uh, they don't have the capabilities that a small guy have to create a high quality product. It, it's just not possible Explain on an industrial that. Explain, scale. Because I've spoken to some commercial guys and they yeah. tell me they can break it down. Like pod grow, they're growing in pods, right? They're growing in Seacam. Um, so how can they not grow a, a craft craft cannabis in that environment? So, some, you know, some may be able to. Uh, the, the the pod thing is also strange to me. I don't, I don't, I don't see a reason why you'd want to jam everything into a small little tight area instead of having a you know a free space to work type thing. Um, there there is a possibility. Some of the, some of the larger ones are growing decent cannabis now. Still not cannabis that matches a quality that people knew before legalization, if you want to say. Sure, okay. It's just not up there. And when you say people, you're talking about people in the green culture, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So let's talk about the green culture and, the, and legalization. What is your opinion of the process the government has gone through? And and I guess I'll editorialize this a little bit. My observation is that they've allowed big money to come into cannabis, and they've have they kept the little guy out? or They somewhat have, yeah. Um, when, when everything first started, the first round of producers, if you want to say that, that was pretty much impossible for small guys to get started at that point. The, the big money was there. That's kind of who got called in, if you want to say. Um, another thing, to, another way to look at it, too, is, is letting those big guys make the first moves, right? You know, we kind of were able to lay back a bit and see what exactly is happening in the industry. 
Um, a f- little while after legalization, they separated the two license classes from standard and micro class. So now there is an actual license class of micro producer, micro cultivator, which will be the same for everybody that is a craft producer or a micro producer. Um, we, so what's the definition of a craft grower according to Health Canada? According to Health Canada, I don't believe there really is one. What is the definition of a craft grower to Kirk? No, but no, but you said that they had a, you, I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but yeah. you said that they had a process for smaller growers. Are they not? Well, that, that would be the second license, if you want to say. Right. Yeah, yeah. So the license costs are different. Um, the restrictions are still, or regulations are still the same. You know, we, we're set to the same rules that the big guys are. But the costs, and it's a little bit easier to get started as a micro, I guess, if you want to say. Where it's tough is, I guess, g- getting everything going, right? Uh, it's, just, it's not a cheap endeavor. It's, uh, it's, it's a substantial investment to get a craft facility started. Yeah, yeah, yeah no kidding. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I guess I don't want to hover. I do want to hover on this a little bit. Yep. So the first, the first round, the big guys come in. Yep. The application's a huge chunk of change. Yep. Their expectation is they have to produce so much cannabis. Yep. So in this second license, which you're now in, you're yep. now in the second license process, yep. how's it different? How's it different than the first license? Like, like, the, are the big guys going to say, "Hey, you guys have an advantage over us"? Well, you know, I, I believe we do have an advantage over them. We have more manageable area to work with, type thing. Um, but the cost of the second license is less. The cost is less as well. Yeah. Are you expected to grow less? Well, we're we're confined to two thousand one hundred fifty square feet of canopy space. Bingo. So there that you go. is yes, that is the maximum production area that a micro producer can use to produce cannabis. The standard licenses do not have that confinement on their actual space, so they can grow as much as they want. And that is something we also have to talk about is producers under a standard license that are calling themselves craft growers. You know, that, that is that is has started to happen out here in Canada. I know of one outside Calgary that is a craft producer. They have four levels of cannabis growth. They have thousands and thousands of square feet of cannabis growth and it's just not the same intimate setting that our micro producers in Canada will be able to, to would keep this cannabis. would this be a company that has taken the uh, the sea camps and and said that this is now my micro spot uh, no that's a company they have their own facility okay yeah a full facility uh, calling themselves a craft grower but they're not a micro producer they're a standard producer okay yeah so it's, it's almost gonna be the way it's looking here it's up to the consumer in Canada so it's kind of like Molson's Canadian saying they produce the craft beer. Exactly. When yep. beer drinkers are going, uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what the same thing the cannabis yeah. growers are going, uh-uh. So uh-uh. we have another producer in Manitoba here. Their, their solution to have a craft grower is to set up separate sites off their production site with the same Seacans pod system, with the same seeds, with the same genetics, with the same dirt, with the same everything, just at a separate site and call it their craft division. So... I don't think it'll take long for people to realize that their craft flour is the exact same product coming from their standard producer flour. So a few, a few people are trying to get around the craft craft way of growing and bring that into their standard production license. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Um, craft growers. Uh, so we're in Dauphin. So you're just outside of Dauphin here, close to Dauphin Lake? You betcha. Yeah, close to the city of Dauphin, not too far away. Yeah. So what do you foresee? Let's say a year from now, where will your business be at? You're gonna, you've broken ground. You got it. You got the building. You got your lights. Yep. You're growing, right? You bet. Yeah. A year from today, what, what is, what's your business called, by the way? So it's Green Craft Cannabis. Green Craft Cannabis. Green Craft Cannabis, you bet. 
where is green craft cannabis going to be a year from now? Green craft cannabis a year from now will be well into production. Cultivating. Well into cultivating a year from now. Um, construction of the facility here will be complete this fall. Okay. Yeah. And production follows soon after. And so where will people be able to get your cannabis? Any recreational store, any retailer in Canada. Okay. Um, there's options for online purchase through a bunch of the retailers, options for delivery or through your, uh, through your fart, through your doctor. Okay. So you can sign up with Greencraft Cannabis to be your medical cannabis provider. Okay. So you'll have a medical division and a recreational you division? Bet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so maybe explain to our listeners in Manitoba, how does a cannabis producer distribute their cannabis? How's, what's the process? Yeah, you bet. So Manitoba is still run by the government of Manitoba. So they uh, distribute the cannabis throughout the province. Saskatchewan has gone privatized, which is probably what's going to be happening to a lot of other provinces here in Canada. Uh, So Manitoba at the moment, uh, the government of Manitoba, liquor, lotteries and cannabis will purchase the cannabis from Greencraft, put it on their website, and then all the retail locations across Canada can draw from that source and purchase cannabis produced by Greencraft. So you can't market yours directly from your your plant? Well, that's where the province of Saskatchewan is ahead of things. So yes, I can. In Saskatchewan, the province does not regulate, so I can contact this store directly and say, here you go, guys, this is what we have, Um, direct to store. Okay, so that's an advantage. And I guess on the medicinal side, too... I can, I can access that online as a medicinal user. Correct, yes. It'll be easier to get your cannabis can be shipped right to your door as a medicinal user. But as a recreational buyer to buy it in Dauphin, yep. uh, the, the local shop yep. would have to call Winnipeg and get it from them. Correct. Okay, yep. cool. Yep. All right. Which they do with all of their other cannabis products, right? That's, that's where their products in Manitoba are coming from to Manitoba retail locations. All right. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's talk to you about the growing of cannabis. So, um, sure. Do you want to talk about how you're going to grow your craft? What strains you're looking at? Or is that all state secret? secret it's shit? a little bit hushed, <laughs> a little bit of a secret right now. Um, what I will say about strain selection is we do have some amazing strains coming in, and it will be strains that people are familiar with. Um, strains that have been popular and favorites, if you want to say, over the years, pre-legalization. Um, being involved in the cannabis culture, I know exactly what people have enjoyed over the years, right? That's, uh, that's kind of another advantage. Our plants will be grown hydroponically, very, uh, very high tech system there and a facility that will give them everything they need. It's a, it's a custom designed facility for cannabis production. Okay, cool. And like, you're going to have your, you're going to have your indica strain, your, your hybrid strain and your, your sativa strain? You bet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There'll be an offering. Um, it, it depends kind of how things are going. We can remove strains, bring in new strains as well. Um, like you say, yeah, we'll have an indica option, a uh, hybrid option, and a sativa option in a couple different strains. So And all flour, right? No. All, all dried flour, yeah. At okay. this time, Greencraft will produce dried flour, no edibles or extraction of anything like that. Okay. Yeah. And um, now... The Parkland region, Dauphin region, is known for its hemp production. Mm-hmm. Is there any concern a hemp farm might be across your road and, and affecting your crop? 100% there is, yeah. And there is a hemp farm across the road. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there definitely is. Imagine that. Go, go figure. Yeah, so Greencraft will have a fully sealed building because of those reasons. Um, no air exchange at all during regular growing. Um, purging will occur, obviously. We'll have to clean the air out, but it's a 100% sealed enclosed system. I'm sure you're familiar with working in a clean room in a hospital, right? Yes. 
Green Craft grows all their cannabis in hospital-grade clean rooms, if you can say it that way. Okay. Fully sealed. All right, Trevor yeah. and I'll explain why why having a hemp hemp uh, farm across the uh, the road from you is a concern. <laughs> sure, definitely. Sure. Well, you know, it's not just the hemp pollen. Ryegrass pollen can affect cannabis plants. Okay. Um, all your molds, mildews come in through the air systems as well. Um, there's a lot of things you got to make sure stay out of your building. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. So what what more can you tell us about your business and, and being a craft grower? Well, yeah, I'm just... I, I'm glad to see some craft growers are coming online in Canada now. Um, Green Craft will be able to produce the high quality cannabis that people are used to. Um, We will be producing hopefully by early 2021. And the goal is to keep our product in the local area and also to hire people from the local area to work in the facility. Um, so you're bringing jobs to the Parkland region. You bet. Good yeah, man. yeah, that's the plan. I'm uh, keep everything local. That's economic that's development. Economic development of the area. That's very yeah. important to Greencraft. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah. when someone comes, when someone comes to Dauphin, they they come to ride their bikes at our new Northgate riding trails. They can go locally and buy local craft cannabis like you would a local beer. Exactly. Exactly right. Yep. So yeah. do you know what the price point might be? Is it going to be competitive with the big guys? Are you going to it will be lower. It's oh, really? uh, yes. It, that that's another major important thing. The green craft will be doing is we can produce cannabis for a lower price than the big guys. Therefore, we can pass that on to our customers. I don't see a reason. Green craft wants to be closer to the black market. That's that's the what black, we want to match. By the black market, the pricing of cannabis before okay. legalization. If you okay. want to say the the price people were used to paying per okay. gram of cannabis, it's it, it's gotten crazy. It honestly has people have realized they can charge that for their cannabis and can can realize those profits so they are continuing to charge that okay i don't see any reason a gram of cannabis should cost a person 18 or 19 dollars for yeah. one gram that's not even high quality cannabis that's just that's terrible <laughs> so you're gonna you're going to you're gonna grow it hydroponically you've got lights obviously you bet. the yep. vegetative state will be what will be your rotation six to 18 hours or is that against state secret? Uh, that's a little bit of a secret, but no, we do we do move uh, through through life stages in the in the facility. That's okay. correct. From mother have... to clone to veg, and then a couple flower rooms type thing. Okay, yep. and you're gonna have one big growing room? No, they're separated. Separated yep. growing rooms. Separated growing rooms. Uh, different environment environmental conditions for each life cycle of the plant. So it's okay. So you're I, gonna have plants going through different cycles. Different right? cycles at all times. Yeah. At any time stage. in the facility, there will be baby plants, medium plants, large finished plants, harvested plants. It's a uh, a continuous cycle we'll be harvesting approximately every 30 days oh cool mm-hmm. okay and how are you going to dry your cannabis um now because again my research tells me drying cannabis is very specific you do it wrong it it is and that's actually another reason the big guys are having issues they have such a high quantity of cannabis they can't properly dry it or cure it so that's another thing unfortunately you don't hear much about is cannabis curing um Drying is one thing. Yes, you have to dry the cannabis flowers and trim it. You also have to put in some time curing it. Um, like a fine wine that ages over time, matures over time, cannabis is actually quite similar to that. So craft growers take the time needed to properly cure a cannabis product to give you your flavor, your terpenes, uh, the strength of the cannabis. It all improves with the proper cure. So yeah. 
that's that is one of the benefits of a craft brewer. We're we're going to take a lot of care in our curing process to finish your plants properly. Have you have you bought a device for that? Or is it just going to be a room that is specially ventilated? It's a specially uh, specially constructed room. Room, yeah, okay, large, large area. There are devices out there that you can buy that dry your cannabis electronically. There are there are for small smaller batches, if you yeah. want to say. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. expensive. I we, we've too. turned that unit into a full size room. Okay. Yeah. What's the law? What is the law of having the cannabis analyzed? Where would you do? You, does the government have a lab specifically assigned for this, or do you pick your own lab? What's yep. the process of that? Yeah, it is a Health Canada approved laboratory. So there's laboratories across Canada that have been approved by Health Canada to do the testing of cannabis for the market. So every batch or lot of cannabis is harvested from the Greencraft site is sent in for quality control testing. So before it's made available, after it's cured, after it's dried. Uh, a batch sample is sent off to one of the accredited laboratories for a full screen testing to ensure the product is safe before sale. So after results come back saying, yes, here's your results, it's passed all the Health Canada uh, regulations, it's then made available for sale. You know, as I sit here, I'm just thinking about that process because your labeling would depend on the lab results. So mm-hmm. you, you've got your cannabis curing mm-hmm. and you say, it's ready, yep. let's package it. But now it's got to go to the lab, it's got to get analyzed, it's got to come back. Then you've got to put all that information on your labeling. Yep. So what's the delay of that? Uh, it, it wouldn't be packaged either until until testing usually comes in. If, if there is an issue, then we'd have to unpackage if you want to say so. Yeah. Um, once the results come in, it's, it's not a long time to get results. So it, it takes you a few weeks to properly cure. After yeah. your curing is done, you send your sample off. Uh, within a few days, your results are back and then you're free to start packaging and selling. So you're going to have to have a generic package, yep. and then you're going to have to be able to adjust that packaging to stick it on. Correct. So what kind of packaging? Right now, in my opinion, cannabis packaging is way over plastic package. The amount of plastic that we're producing kills me. And this, this is, I'm going to editorialize again. For such a natural cannabis process, cannabis is being packaged by big guys in a whole lot of plastic. Yes. So how are you going to package yours? Uh, that is <laughs> that is absolutely horrible too. Like you see, you go into a retail location, you pick up a 3.5 gram pack of cannabis and you could fit 12 grams in there and it's a giant container and a couple little buds inside it. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Health Canada does have rules for their packaging. So it has to be scent proof. It has to be child proof. A bunch more things like that, which doesn't leave you a heck of a lot of options. Um, Greencraft is going to be using biodegradable packaging, most ah, likely, instead of recycling, yes. You yeah. already have me at that. Oh, yeah, right on. <laughs> yeah, no, so, no, just, that's wonderful. It's, it's kind of funny, you know, I, I thought biodegradable is 100% the way to go. Recyclable also has its benefits, right? Um, it, it's a tough one, recyclable or biodegradable. Uh, recyclable plastics, obviously, it's, it's very costly to actually process plastics and recycling yeah. after they're trucked across the world or shipped around the world where biodegradable, you know, it, it goes in the trash, but it disappears right away. So yeah. I, I kind of think a biodegradable product is a little more environmentally friendly that way. We're not burning fossil fuels to produce it, and uh, it can be disposed of a lot easier. That's great. I, I mean, that, if you can be a leader in the packaging, man, I, I'm all for that. Yeah. Um, that's great. I think we've talked about the growing, we've talked about distribution, we've talked about packaging and drying. Yeah. What have I missed? 
I, I want to ask you what you think a craft grower is of cannabis. What your uh, what do I think a craft grower is? Yeah, what, in your mind, what is a craft grower? Well, I'm I'm a I'm a huge beer snob. Yeah. Um, I've been into beer for a long time, and I'm now in the last five years moved into whiskey. Okay. So I think what what I see is it again equating the the alcohol market to the craft market, a cannabis market. My idea is a small. A small facility, a localized facility that has a localized strain, that has a strain that, that, that uh, you can't get anywhere else, that, that, um, and packaged appropriately, and um, is accessible in this small area. Now, with some of our craft beer, for example, in Winnipeg, you can get craft beer from Winnipeg in other provinces, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. So I'd like to see, I'd like to see small, small facility. Um, I'm, a, I'm a soil fan. I like soil, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it's sm- the size, right? Yeah. And also, I don't want to bring up a a bud that's <laughs> that's so dry it's a popcorn fart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's right? what a lot of it is now. Well, yeah. It's, it, yeah, you know, like you say, you can actually hear the bud rattling inside the plastic container. That yeah. seems to me might be a little dry. Yeah. From my youth, I think again from my youth, I, I think the cannabis was a little more moist moist than yes. it is today. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with just packaging and waiting for lab results and all that. Yeah. That's why I was asking you about the delay there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess for me, craft cannabis would be a localized strain that is grown in a region um, that represents that region in a small quantity. I guess that's craft for me. That's per- that, that sounds great. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I'd like, I'd like consumers in Canada to realize, you know, if, if you're looking for a true craft strain, to look for your micro producer. That, that's another big thing, right? Yeah. Um, standard producer, yeah, they might have some craft connections. They might be doing a little bit of a secret thing to bring some other cannabis in. A micro producer is a micro producer. They're, that, that's it. They're a craft yeah. producer. Yeah. yeah, that's what I look for. Um, I also am not a huge fan of huge THC. I'm a, I, I like a balance. I like my CBDs and my THCs to be very balanced. Yep. And I don't know what that is. I think it's more, I'm not, I don't like to be whacked out and sit there in a corner someplace with my red eyes staring at people going, yep. I'm too high to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess from a craft perspective, I think a craft, it, again, it's like beer, right? A craft beer is, 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 is nursed and appreciated, not quaffed. Yep. Yeah. So I think a craft cannabis would also be nursed and appreciated, not necessarily sucked down on a big bong that's exactly <laughs> it we're, we're able to like maximize the cannabis strain to enhance everything yeah. within it yeah so it's not just for thc we're going for our terpenes we're the going terpenes. for the flavor we're going for the final smell we're going for the final flavor it's Great. it's a lot of things we're working towards yeah not just produce a cannabis plant with as much cannabis possible toss it in the room dry it get it out there yeah that's fantastic our cannabis plants are the start of a show i like to say we know that they're the star they're not a commodity they're not our big brand name isn't the star. It's it's those plants growing in the building. That's that's what we are. Anything, anything? I've got one question um, about what was the level of cooperation you got in regards to zoning and licensing from the municipalities? I have to say it was great. There was great support from the rural municipality of Dauphin. I've also had to meet with the RCMP of the area, the fire commissioner, the uh, fire department. So I've gone through all the local authorities if you want to say and support has been unreal it, they're, they're looking forward to having uh, this industry in the area yeah. do you want to talk a little bit about the options you're out there like you you are looking at sharing uh selling shares is that something that you want to talk about you bet sure yeah Greencraft is still in a fundraising round right now or we're still looking for some more partners if, if their people are interested they can definitely contact me okay. um like, local people is important to me i'd like like say economic stimulus of the local area let's uh see if some local folks are interested in getting on board and and make things move. 
Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Um, is there any any final things from you? Anything you want to? One more thing I want to touch on sure. too was craft growers. I think you had in one of your emails to me independent craft growers from okay. craft growers is something else people should understand what's happening as well. Green Craft Cannabis is an independent craft grower, so we're not associated with any other producer in Canada. Um, like I kind of spoke about before, the other smaller ones that have started are completely tied to another producer. So they're using their strains, they're using all their facilities, if you want to say. They're sending it back to the main place to be packaged and everything. So, oh, really? Yeah, so the independent micro craft producer is what you want to find for getting your cannabis. These people will have had growing experience. They've been in the cannabis culture and they're setting up on their own for a reason. There are um, craft grower associations out there. There are, correct. Do you participate in those? Not at the moment, no. A couple, there's a few of them out there. I I, I will be getting involved, I'm sure. Kirk, uh, one thing you specifically mentioned in there that we should talk about is a hemp field. So why Kirk? Is a hemp field across from a cannabis operation a problem? Well, <clears throat> there's a test at the end of this. Uh, again, we discussed this in two of our past episodes. Um, we we uh, we did a whole episode on hemp and talking the farmers. And I, and again, I should have it on by go to our back library. Back library, and we also went off to Gilbert and chatted with Lyle there about his CBD and hemp hemp process and process so we've learned trevor that a hemp field is very powerful and the whole goal of of a hemp field is is to get the fiber but a lot of it in this region is the seeds so you want the plant to flower and go to seeds many of these plants that we have locally i think they're now the scientific word uh both for female and male uh hermaphrodite they um so these hemp sativa plants that grow locally will will self-pollinate themselves and seed. So therefore, what you've got, if you've got the you got the pollen in the air searching for flowers so they can seed. Well, Sansomelia, when we're growing when we're growing cannabis for the purposes of medicine or recreation, and you're going for the buds, you want Sansomelian. You don't want no seeds, man. <laughs> Right? You want the flower. So so if you got a hemp field across the street, you don't open the window. You 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 have to make sure that you you've got yourself a, a sealed a sealed thing. You know, that's another little reach out or a little poke at the government in Manitoba. We're one of the two provinces, uh Quebec. Uh I don't know about the territories. I I forget the territories, but <clears throat> Quebec and Manitoba cannot grow personal. And, and right? And it's ironic is that you know even if we try to grow personal weed outside in, in Dauphin, it would just convert the hemp anyways because yeah, we, of the fields. We, we get nice hemp. We get nice hemp plants in the backyard. Oh yeah, oh yeah, beautiful. I mean, and come come to Dauphin in September, and the the smell of cannabis is overwhelming. But it's fresh hemp, not what you think it might be. So yeah, so you need a sealed building, Trevor, to ensure that your your weeds your 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 grow up stays uh, seedless. So a couple quotes I wrote down from Eric that I really liked. One is Green Craft wants to be closer to the black market. What do you think about that as being yeah. like a, a sort of mission yeah. statement? You know, you know that was interesting. I, 
that that answer caught me by surprise, and I didn't I didn't ask him what he meant by that. Um, My impression was it, it, the the quality of cannabis people were used to buying pre-legalization and the price. Yeah, I think that I think that's what he was aiming at. I think so too. In in a, in a country that has legal weed, I really think in the way the government un, unrolled the legalization of cannabis in in Canada by pretty much eliminating and removing the green culture, the people that, that basically broke their backs, fought the law and won and were growing cannabis for themselves and for their, for their, for their market, for their people, their compassion clubs, <laughs> were removed from the equation. So of course there's, you know, there's RCMP or Toronto police officers now who are on board of directors for hemp companies when back in the 70s and 80s he was, you know, arresting guys for smoking on Young Street and now he's, uh, you know, he's earning dividends on his cannabis com company. So there's a lot of politics involved with this play. So rambling on here a little bit about the black market, I try to look at it not as a black market, but as a craft market, as the as the unlegal market, because I really believe now that people are have access to such good cannabis. You don't have to go to the black market and get that seedy weed that may be laced with something. I think you just go down and find your local craft grower who's been, you know, selling cannabis, <laughs> you know, to his friends. <laughs> but but we, we, we're, we're, yes. we're, we're going to be careful and of recommend course. people of stick with the legal stuff. Because we must and we have to. But I guess the, I don't like the term black market. I like the term craft market because I really, I, and I think, I think um, allowing these people to get back into the market, you know, I, a lot of these growers actually started working for the big guys. And, I'm going to send you down another rabbit hole. Kirk, <laughs> Kirk, Kirk yes. what do you think about all the packaging that stuff in like a tweed store comes in? I was very impressed that he's going to have uh, re, re um, it's compostable, compostable containers. I, yeah, yeah, I, I ranted about that. The amount of plastic that the that the cannabis industry uses is criminal considering cannabis is such a natural green holistic product in, in its in its true form, you know, but corporate and laws and government, you know, <clears throat> plastic, let's produce more plastic. So, yeah, thanks for that, Trevor. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, temp I'm tempted to make you define popcorn farts, but I'm going to skip over that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, it is true, though. When, when you're not allowed in Manitoba, you're not allowed to go to the dispenser and, 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 and check your cannabis, right? You, you have to buy it first, then you get to open it up. You're not even allowed to touch the containers. But you rattle it, and if you can hear it jingling inside like a ball bearing, I want a little bit more cushion. <laughs> so, how, how about uh, Eric's, I, and I kind of like this terminology, that if when you're looking for your supplier, if you want someone like Eric, you should see if they are an independent craft-growing micro-producer. It's a big title, but what, what do you think about that sort of being if somebody's out there and this is what they're looking for, a small, not associated with a big LP grower? That a good a, good a title as any? That goes right back to... <clears throat> yeah. Oh, this is an interesting... It's an interesting argument. You talk to a grower and a grower would tell you that he can grow craft cannabis in, in, in great volumes. 
I'm not a grower. I know what I like, and, and I'm not an expert either. I mean, I would like to think after 25, 30 years of, of drinking quality beer, I recognize a true craft beer opposed to a, uh, a, a large vatted beer. Um, I'd like to think I can tell the difference blindfolded. I can't tell you, Trevor, that I would be able to tell the difference uh, between soil. I mean, I say I like soil, for example, right? And that is because I was I was given some uh, soil uh, cannabis from a uh, medicinally, and I knew it was grown in soil, and it was different. It was different. There was a different texture to the flower, different smell to the terpenes. It was different. Uh, now. The, the terroir. The terroir, I guess. It was different. But that's now, I can't tell you if that's because, oh, this is soil, then I know it's soil. I'll, I'll make it different. If you were to put a soil-driven or, or a hydroponic-grown bud in front of me and, and blindfold it, I don't know. But I do know a pumpkin fart, and I do know... When, when a bud is over dried and some of the stuff some of the stuff I bought um, through the legal market to the dispensary has been very dry I, I, you can rant longer but I'll, one of his last <laughs> Eric's last quotes I really like so I think it's a good place to wrap up Eric says our cannabis plants are the star of the show I, I think you know every grower should should aim for that yes yes that's that's um that's a good way to uh, to treat the girls you know, if you if you're gonna grow cannabis and call it craft, then yeah, the cra the cannabis has to be the first, not the marketing. It has to be the cannabis, and then the cannabis sells itself. So I, I'm looking forward to again. I'm looking forward to uh, <clears throat> seeing his operation. Um, he's become a, a strong acquaintance of ours. I, I think he's soon to become a friend of ours because we we've been seeing him a lot lately. I'm assuming when he gets his uh, operation up, we'll be doing an on-site. Uh, uh, podcast maybe we can do a little yeah. promotion we can hope we can hope it cer certainly, do certainly doesn't require us to travel anywhere it'd be, it'd be a very no. easy easy place to go <laughs> yeah 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 50 cents a kilometer yeah we'll get a couple bucks <laughs> yeah um yeah no i um i think it's a good thing i i really like it from the perspective of of, of economic development um, I have sat on the local economic development board back in the day, and I like when business comes to my town. Um, I plan to retire in this town, and the more business, the more jobs, the more opportunity a small town can offer people, the better living for me, right? Yeah, and now we just need. And I really like your idea of hopefully this being the first of several interviews with craft cannabis because. They're interesting, and I think we're going to learn more from each different grower we talk to. Yeah, think of the utopia. We'll be in our electric cars, and every time you have to stop to plug in, you'll go have a craft beer, you go check out the craft grow up, and you'll have dinner at the local restaurant. You get in your car, you go down the Trans-Canada Highway. What a, what a nice way to see Canada. <laughs> Permanent <laughs> smile on your face. That's good. Maybe you should get a bicycle or something uh we'll, we'll let we'll let renee pick pick a pick a song to end this one up so well, kirk well great you know he said he oh, said did, did he, he get back to us well he said david crosby okay. so i was thinking you know this is our opportunity to play a david crosby song sure and um another one and let me uh let, let me just pick one here and we can do one off of his uh 
his newest album. Well, while Kirk is looking for Crosby song, I'll remind everybody that we're Reefer Madness, the podcast. You can find find out everything Reefer Madness at uh, ReeferMed.ca. We're always looking for story ideas, and we're really looking for my cannabis stories lately. We haven't had one in a little while, so if you have things you like, hate, good experiences, bad experiences with cannabis, record us a voice memo about a minute or two long and email it to us. All the info is on the website. Um, and again, we are recorded out of Dauphin, Manitoba, uh, City of Sunshine. And again, I'm Trevor Schufeld. I'm the pharmacist. You are, again, our... And I'm Kirk Nyquist, the nurse. And do you have a song for us now? I do have a song. We're going to play David Crosby's, uh, the first song off his last album. Um, here, if you listen, it's called Glory. It's fantastic. He's playing with a group of young musicians. Uh, this is one of his songs. And yeah, we get to play another David Crosby song. All right. Here you go, Eric. We've Cheers. got a David Crosby song. We'll talk to everybody else later. Wait.
Crosby, David Crosby. Uh, I spelled Crosby wrong, sorry. Crosby, where are you? 